Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. This is Pastor Nate, and just two of us today, me and Pastor Stephen. Pastor Stephen, what's going on? How are you? Uh, here, it's going well. It's going well. That's uh, good. Yeah. We, we've already had a meeting today, but we were straight to business, so we haven't had a chance to talk. Um, I saw you at worship night. Um, any thoughts think, or comments about worship night? I think that that was one of the best worship nights. Why do you say for, that? Uh, personally, just... Uh, I think that the worship set was amazing. Like the worship team did incredible. But I think that prayer moment was something that was, uh, that really uh, struck me because I think it was super powerful. Then we do that every, every worship night. We tend to do that like the prayer time, but this one was different for me, at least like the war, the people that I prayed for and you know, how God was using, um, it was just amazing to see. Yeah. I think that I I hadn't thought about it really, but we do do prayer every worship night, but no one responds like they did on Sunday night. I mean, people came up for the next 35, 40 minutes. It was just nonstop. Like I never stood alone really. People came up the whole time. And and every time I turned, everybody was praying with everybody. Yeah. It was, it, people didn't stop coming up. That was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was nice. I just love worship nights. It's just a hangout time with God and with people, you know? Yeah. So nice. Yeah. It is fun. I, you know, I, saw some people from other locations that I hadn't seen in a few months because we just haven't been to their location or they weren't at the last worship night. That was good. Yeah. To connect. It was a fun night for sure. Definitely for the books. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything um, from, from the prayer times that I could share. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, I think overall it was like, I heard a lot of people just mentioning, you know, something was different this time. Yeah. You know, I could feel something different. Yeah. So it might be different, like God speaking to them differently or the whole thing was different for them. I don't know, but you know, at least something different is has happened. So that's always yeah. nice to nice to see. Special night, and it's always nice to see people are hungry, like you know, coming. Uh, the place was almost packed. <laughs> yeah, I I felt like. <clears throat> I felt like there should have been more people there. Yeah, for um, sure. And uh, you know, I don't think we've ever talked about that, but we don't count worship nights. I don't know how many people were there, but I know there were less people there than were at the same service that morning. Right. So between four locations, we didn't have as many people as just that one Dover service that morning. And I, I think... I don't know. I'm glad that the people who were there were there. So it's not like I want to preach to the choir and be like, you need to be at worship night. And they're like, we were. Uh, and then I'm glad that the people were there. Like they were there. They were, like we just said, they're coming up for the altar. They're praying. Right. They keep coming back. Everybody was in it, which was so beautiful. Um, I think the thing I get bummed is, you know, there's 500 of us who yeah. could have experienced that, who could have had that breakthrough, could have had that touch with God. 
Right. And so I know some people have got scheduling stuff and they can't do anything about it. But if you didn't have scheduling stuff and you and you just like chose like, nah, I want to stay home and watch. Right. I don't even know what show is on right now. I just want to stay home and watch The Office again. <laughs> and you missed it. Missed it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to beat anybody up, but because stuff happens, you have to miss them. I almost had to miss this one. Um, and I'm so glad that it yeah. was good. Definitely. Sunday morning, how was it in Bethlehem? How was Sunday service in Bethlehem? It was good. Uh, uh, you know, great reviews with the message uh, of how it worked it, this week. No hiccups this week. All right. That's good. Oh, man. I'm done with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we are installing all the new gears this this week. New network stuff to help Network serves. So that'll be nice. Uh, but yeah, it was been good. Um, worship went well. And uh, we had Brooke and me worship. Oh, cool. Brooke yeah. is a teenager from Plymouth location. Plymouth, yes. She did fabulous. I put, awesome. her, I put her kind of in the spot <laughs> and uh, slowly stretching her, but she did amazing. Cool. Um, Good job, overall, Brooke. Yeah, overall, it, it went well. Awesome. Yeah, you had, you had 273. I never saw. I... I think you guys had, uh, yeah, let me see. Uh, I think two, two thirty, two thirty, two thirty. All right. Two thirty. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a good morning. I, I, I've gotten some response and stuff from the sermon. We we're in the series. We are restoration. Right. We talked about just one more. Probably it would have made sense to use this message on Memorial Day since it was talking about a <laughs> a soldier. Uh -huh. But we anyway, I had switched it around, not thinking through the illustration. I just knew. But anyway, this was the, the week for this. So that's um positive. I think, yeah, this was the simplest form of communicating the topic. <laughs> like the simplest form. Uh, I think that's what, I, I think you specialize in that. You really specialize in uh, condensing or like, not even condensing, like make the complicated simple. So it's easier for people to grasp it and just say, oh, that was, oh, that's simple to understand. So I think like the Great Commission, you know, our responsibility as a Christian, you know, and things like that. So I think, I think that's what people like. Like it's simple, but it's like, oh, eye opener. I got this message yesterday. Hey, Pastor Nate, I watched service because I was away. And this is from a, this person has been a Christian for six decades, seven decades. They said, your message was the most inspiring one I have ever heard on the Great Commission. That's, you know, I, I don't know how much I talk about it, but I do get trashed sometimes from people who I, every, I mean, every pastor deals with it. You, you preach and, and you just, people just, they know whatever, <laughs> but yeah. when someone who has served the Lord that long, and I know who some of his pastors have been over the last 60 years, like big names, within our circle, giants of the faith. Yeah. And for, for him to take the time to message me that, and it's not like he says that every week, 
Right. <laughs> that was the greatest message on golf that I've <laughs> ever heard, Pastor. But that is pretty special. Yeah. Um, and pre- and pretty pretty humbling. Um, the Great Commission. It's important. It's important that we get it and we understand it. And I I don't know what it was like with you growing up in Kuwait, but I heard about the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel my whole life. And I remember being a pastor, I've graduated from Bible college and finally like going on my computer and like, what is the gospel? Because everybody always talked about it, but no one ever said anything. And then finally it was like, oh, the gospel is the good news of Jesus. I wish someone would have told me that at mm-hmm. some point in my whole Christian life. And maybe they did and I wasn't paying attention. I am a daydreamer. But, but then, but then even bringing it further. Oh, the gospel. Yeah. It's the good news of Jesus. Oh, what is the good news of Jesus? And then to stutter step and stammer and make it like so confusing. And so, um, you know, that was my experience growing up. And I, and I've met a lot of people I'm like, oh, what's the gospel? The good news. Perfect. What's the good news? And then they don't, they, then they don't know how to answer beyond that. But right. What was it like growing up in, in Kuwait? Did you hear gospel? Did they talk about the gospel? Did they talk about the good news? So, uh, yes and no, I would say. Uh, just because, like, we, I was born in a Christian family. So all I knew was the church. I grew up there and it was just whatever, but, uh, it was more like a stricter gospel. I would say they added their own stuff, deleted their own stuff, you know? So yes, it was the gospel, but it was not the true, uh, I would say a true gospel, if you would. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, like I had to find everything, uh, by myself when I became like a missionary and I was 21 and I started deep diving into it. Hey, like I knew the gospel, the good news and stuff like that, but what was the real meaning and how we can apply to me, not to the people, because if I was able to spread the good news to the people, I shouldn't, I should spread it to myself first. That was my mentality. Right. I should know before I, I speak about it. So uh, I started digging deep and, you know, that was my journey uh, because like my friends were all like, kind of like most of it was Muslims and Hindus and, you know, uh, so it was just hard to navigate through even in the friendship circle. You know, and the church was just, all right, if you don't do that, this thing will happen. If you, you got to wear this one, you know, you cannot wear that one. You cannot wear this one. And I was like, all right. So growing up, I thought that was the gospel. Like, wow. Uh, tattoo people, God hates it. So I should hate it. So I hated it. All right. So jewelries, uh, my upbringing was you cannot wear jewelry. That's a sin, sinful act. Mm. So who who I thought wearing it, all of a sudden I'll condemn them. Like, wow, they're a sinner. What a sinner you are. Uh, You know, uh, wearing red shirt, red t-shirt, they're sinful because that was my upbringing. That was the gospel I was presented by took time, you know, so strange. Yeah, (laughs) it's weird, right? It's good news. It'd be like the doctor coming in and be like, good news, good news. Oh, what's that? You're, you're about to die. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. No more life. No more life. You're, we get good news. We're, we're putting you in an asylum. You're locked up. You'll experience nothing ever again. Yeah. I don't know. It, it is right. It, Cause you say the gospel and that can carry with it. it I think it's easy because it can be maybe an unfamiliar word that um, you can attach all this type of negative stuff to it. You know, like, well, gospel means good news. Like, well, nothing that I'm being experiencing or being taught is good news. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even like our church style. 
um, you you know, <laughs> is this a church or is this a rock concert? Well, you, this is a celebration of good news. Right. So it's not a funeral because he's resurrected. Yeah. And so we're going to lean more toward make a joyful noise unto the Lord than because it's good news. What we've received is, you, you know, better than winning the Powerball, uh, better than, so if you got, if you won $500 million, there'd be balloons and cheering and cameras and music and radio stations. Right. You've got money. Yeah. And what we've received is even more valuable than that. And right. so every single week, it's just part of that celebration. Laugh, have fun. Not that there's never correction and that there's things we don't avoid, but even why we avoid it, you know, Right, yeah. Like uh, I was just thinking through. Like a lot of us think like we should be like stiff in the church. Like don't raise your hands. It's something or like you know, like even this week I was just uh, when I was doing communion, I was just explaining what Jesus did, and he's not a dead God. Like don't be sad and worship Jesus. <laughs> don't yeah. Put that smile on your faces. Sing joyfully. It's not as dead funeral here, you know. So let's let's people will watch us and see us. And you know, um, sometimes, like as you mentioned, like sometimes we are scared to share the gospel. Uh, people don't know what is the gospel, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes it's just your. You said share your testimony. You know. Uh, you know, if you're really scared, share your testimony and start from there and slowly get into, into those uh, gospel stuff, you know. And your testimony can be a gospel in a way to open to their hearts, you know. Yeah. The, uh, y y you know, I worked hard really worked it, it it was a lot of work to break down the gospel into nine words and because i couldn't find it you know um i remember rice brooks hearing him talk about everybody needs to know the gospel here's my definition of the gospel and so i just looked it up um see yeah. and so his was the gospel is the good news that god became man in jesus christ he lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died in our place Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he is the son of God and offering the gift of salvation to those who repent and believe in him. That's true. Pretty simple. I think most of us could say that. But I think the average American would have no idea. Right. Hey, explain to me the gospel. You say that to them and they're like, explain to me the gospel. Yeah. Like, that, doesn't, that doesn't say anything. I, I, I found another one. Um, did I lose it? See if I can find it. How do I, how do I simply explain the gospel? All right. The word gospel literally means good news, and it is mentioned 90 plus times in the Bible. Broadly speaking, the gospel is the whole of scripture, the mega narrative of God's plan to restore humanity to himself. That's not simple. That doesn't say anything. <laughs> And, yeah. and so I, I spent a lot of time this week wrestling with that. How can I say this, that we can all memorize it and it actually says something like right. it can define something. And we had a pretty good testimony on we are restoration that I'm going to open up and share. Uh, I think I um, saw that. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. It's not showing up. Um, Testimony Tuesday, for whatever reason, it will not show up on my computer. Let me, I have to get, find another way there. I think my Facebook is glitching. 
All right, Testimony Tuesday. Found yeah. it, finally. Um, Marilyn Taylor wrote this, and so she's doing um, Bible study in the jail here. So she wrote, Pastor Nate's nine words made all the difference at jail on Sunday afternoon. At a classroom of five women, none of whom spoke English. I mean, imagine that. Two of the women understood enough to translate. I was able to present a small message assuring them that God loves and wants us. And regardless of the sin that has enslaved us, Jesus will rescue us if we call out to him. Mm -hmm. I closed by telling them I would pray in English and they were welcome to pray in their own language. Immediately, all five women knelt down on the floor and started sobbing and praying loudly in their own languages. Two of them even raised their hands toward heaven. And she served at the jail for a long time. She said, in my years at the jail, I've never seen anybody pray out loud unless they were repeating after me. And then she said, I'm not even sure it's within protocol, allowed protocol for to allow them to be kneeling in the classroom. Those nine words changed everything. And that's what the gospel does. If we, what we want to do is sound smart and look smart. And so we say the gospel and we have to say things like mega narrative and we have to use every church word that we can because we're trying to look smart and look intelligent and look like we know. And the only thing we're doing is repeating a bunch of stuff we have no idea actually at all or what we're saying. And the good news isn't good news. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that, as as I mentioned in the, uh, before we started, I think this was the simplest way. Simplest way that I've heard preach. Uh, it's I can I can tell it to anyone. Like like sometimes, especially like leading and being uh, being in these positions, uh, we might bring in a lot of theology to people. <laughs> we tend to because it's it's natural at least like for me it comes natural like i like like to present the gospel but this one is simple hey what's the god god wants you sin enslaves you and jesus rescues you uh, and then try to explain one by one not like as you read yeah gospel is the good news and it's all about the bible and you know <laughs> redemption and all the all the words no, it's it's just simple. It's gospel is simple. Jesus made it simple. Uh, I think it's a lot of times uh, the human knowledge and intelligent and intellect all comes into play and makes it complicated a lot. Uh, yeah. To I don't know maybe to uh, bring themselves up or what it is, but it should be. It should be simple, and I like. I think I uh, I like how we do it. We uh, we preach in the like normal form, like you know, like people would understand what it is, you know. And, and no one believes this, but it's harder. It is yeah. harder to do that. It's so. It would be so much easier for me to just get up there and say. Um, uh, y- y- you know, to to say, um, well, I can't even think because it's not normally how I talk. So maybe it wouldn't be easier. But <laughs> but it, it it's easier to get up and do a theology lecture, right? Rather than preach the good news, we can get up there and say. The Great Commission is important. Without the Great Commission, there's no redemption. Without the Great Commission, uh, you, you know, there's no um, sanctification. Without without the atonement, there's no end. And talk through that, and we'll have an idea. Like m- most of us who've gone to church for a little while, we're going to know what they're saying. Right. Like, yep, that's so true. That's so true. But it doesn't... Um, you, you know, it would be like saying to to your wife, you're trying to be romantic and you're like, you know, when I get close to you, my adrenaline glands fire up within my, my brain starts produ- producing 
oxytocin <laughs> and uh, my blood pressure, um, y- y- you know, it's at rates that are far above uh, normal. Right. And, and, and your wife would know what you're communicating. Right. Well, they really like to be around me, but there's no romance in that. There's no passion in that. There's no, it doesn't move the needle. Right. And so you can share information, but we're not called to share information. We're called to preach the gospel. What's that? What do you have it memorized? Um, uh, you know, how can they hear, but for, but for the preaching, how can they be saved? But for the, do you, do you know what that scripture is? I think it's somewhere in Ephesians. I, I vaguely remember what you're saying. Mm. Um, so Romans 10, 14 Romans. and 15. Um, I, I'm going to look it up in a another version because the, the version that came up was not <laughs> New Living Translation. All right. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. You know, we can talk on a Sunday and talk flowery, flower, maybe I can talk eloquently. (laughs) (laughs) And... And talk about Jesus, but no one actually hear about Jesus. Right. And here you've got Marilyn Terrell in her jail cell speaking to five women who don't speak English. And they hear Jesus. Right. They hear Jesus. And just imagine that. I mean, they are, this was this week. This was not in another country. This was right. here in New Hampshire, in Stratford County, sobbing, sobbing, calling out to Jesus. Real. That's the good news of Jesus. That's what we want to make sure is being preached. Right. And that's why you that's what it does, right? The gospel. The gospel doesn't just uh it's not just intellectual change. Uh it's not just uh uh, you know, your knowledge changes, but the the gospel really transforms the whole inner man inside of you. Uh, that's the gospel. Like, you know, her testimony, that's the gospel does. That's what gospel does. It really changes you and puts you in a place where there is no other thing that you can do. You know, kneel down, sob. Some, some for some people, it's just crying. You know, some people they fill with the with the with the Holy Spirit and start laughing. You know, whatever that may look like, there should be a real transformation within yourself. You know, Romans one six. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Jesus, or for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile to be able to have those nine words and to share those nine words with a friend, a family member, a coworker is going to just bring salvation because it's just nine simple words, but we don't recognize that's the power of God at work. Right. It saves everyone who believes. And you think about um, those five women at the jail, we had four salvations, uh, uh, four salvations in the church. We had one, in the lobby um, before service started, we had three or four in Plymouth. They weren't a hundred percent sure. So it was at, at least four. We know for sure for Salvation wow. Sunday. Um, and um, yeah, I, it, it, because you can't believe unless you hear. And we could yeah. say the gospel, the gospel, believe the gospel, believe the gospel, put your trust in the gospel. The gospel is going to change your life. And people are like, okay, the gospel. 
Which one? Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Well, that's not what we meant. Um, And yeah. Anyway, what a special Sunday. I just thought of a worship night testimony too. My, um, we ended up bringing uh, one of the kids from youth group to worship night. And uh, he'd never been to any of our Sunday services or worship nights. He's only been to youth group. Um, And I don't know if it was during worship night or before worship night. He said, the way it's described to me by my kids, it was like, he said to his friends, or he said to my sons, how do we even know? How do I even, I don't know what the question was. How do I even know God cares about me? Or how do I even know God wants me? Like this is during worship night. Then Elliot gets up and shares the word. God chose you. Right, he gets up and he shares that from the microphone. And I was standing on stage, and I heard my kids yell to him. Um, I heard my did my phone did my headphones just die? No, one's about to die. Um, I don't know how that's going to affect my microphone. I heard my uh, my kids yell to him. That was for you. Oh wow! And so then he's. So then I don't know, it was like five minutes later. Again, they're telling me the story. I'm I'm in service, I'm praying. They said later on in the service, he's laughing during one of the songs, and they said, Why are you laughing? And he said, I don't know. I just feel so good right now. And they're like, That's God. And so here's a kid in a matter matter, what sounds like in a matter of 10 or 15 minutes, he goes from questioning God, getting a word from God. And then having an encounter with God mm. wow. right there in the midst of that. And it was right the gospel. God chose you. And so here's Elliot using a spiritual gift, giving a word of prophecy, a word of exhortation, and not speaking it in King James English. <laughs> so King James yeah. English doesn't make it more spiritual. Right. Uh, right. God chose you. And then here's this kid the experience of god for the first time as teenager yeah so good what are what are some of the ways that we we can break that uh uh like bad mentality of the gospel like as just as you mentioned like the king james version we had one one person uh come in and ask like what bible do you read and i jokingly said I read the Holy Bible. <laughs> and he's like, no, I follow the King James. I was like, oh, we, we probably read NLT. But, you know, when I study, I go through all the Bibles for my understanding uh, better. And, you know, it was just, eh. you know, that was like, King James is not like the holiest of holy, you know? No. Uh, so... Yeah. So, like, so how can what do you have anything practical ways or like maybe in your experiences, um, or maybe you have heard worse things? How can we break those mentalities of that gospel? That is not the gospel. Like, gospel is this. Well, we just keep teaching on it. We just try to keep teaching on it. Keep teaching on it. Teaching on it. Trying to break barriers, push against the religious crowd, um, not give up, not back down. And there's a religious superiority that can take place. And we always want to feel more spiritual, be more spiritual. And so we always attach things that scripture never says. Does the Bible say you've got to read the King James Version? Right. Of course not. Because that wasn't until the 1600s. Right. Of course not. And then what do they do in every other country? Because the King James Version only works in here and in Britain. <laughs> you know, what do they do in every other country? Right. Like, it's just like, no, can you show me scripture? Then no, you're wrong. Right. You can have a preference, that's fine. You know, but... I don't know to make something spiritual or I'm, I'm more holy than you because I do this or 
our church is better than yours because we only do songs from the 1700s. Like where in scripture does it say you can only do songs from the 1700s? Nowhere. Right. Because they were singing songs from the 2000 BCs and they were writing brand new songs as they were, as they were, you know, becoming Christian and singing songs about Jesus. We, it's a discipleship process and people have got to be willing to be discipled. Right. Um, you, we got to be, you, you know, like you were to be able to say, Oh, wait a minute. Where in scripture does it say I can't wear jewelry? Right. Oh, okay. Well, I think I can wear jewelry. Right. And, and then you realize, Oh, what, what you know, why did they teach me that? Right. Um, and I think in your sermon, you said this Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Yeah, and that I, Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote. Yeah, I think that's real powerful right there. Real powerful that we don't even think often. <laughs> uh, like, you know, either it's, you know, two extremes if you don't follow this that's it you're condemned you know uh if you don't read this you're condemned you know you're they kick you out but you know even 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 within our church uh teachable and correctable you know you gotta be able to uh, go through that process uh discipleship not discipline you know uh, and i think even even for us believers, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta study to ourselves. Like just as, like I was just talking, I grew up twenty years in that theology. That that was the gospel for me. And when I became an adult, I was like, I started asking a lot of questions, um, and started learning to make myself understand because if I did not, I don't know if I would be sitting here. I'll be preaching heresy. <laughs> I'll be wearing white and black pants every Sunday <laughs> and preaching, thinking that is the gospel because that was what I was presented to, uh, raised up in. So, uh, it is nice to be in that discipleship process. Um, uh, I really highly recommend everyone do your study, but also be in that discipleship process. You can go sideways really fast because it, it ends up being cultural, not scriptural. Uh, right. um, I was uh, another pastor asked me to record a video for his church um, last last week. Um, he wants to change the name of the church, but not everybody in the church is for that. So just make a video speak, t teaching about it. So, so I made that video and it reminded me of our church and my kids were asking me about it too. You, you know, when did our church change its name? So we had a conversation with them too. So the church changed its name in 2010. We were previously Christian worship center from like 1993 till 2010. And my boss changed the name. The, the previous lead pastor changed the name because the name in a lot of ways had become an idol to the church. And I told my kids, I said, one of the things that used to happen back when I was staff pastor and when I was a teenager growing up is people would say this. They would say, you would ask, how is service today? They would say, it was so good. The pastor didn't even get to preach. And people would be celebrating that. And, and so that just became the marker. Uh, you know, and so then the really good service was, was when the pastor couldn't preach. And that sounds so good. Wow, God really moved. The pastor couldn't preach. Except that is so wrong. Right? Yeah. We just talked about how can people be saved unless they are unless there's preaching? How can they be saved unless they hear the gospel? And so singing for an hour and a half when someone should be preaching right. or at least a portion of it is actually a big fail. And so we're yeah. celebrating the very thing. Keeping people from heaven. 
and not that to say that that can never happen right but we can't we can't say like the win today was we didn't even open the bible or talk from the bible Woo-hoo! right right <laughs> like do we understand <laughs> what we're saying when we're doing that and so that our pastor wanted to change the name of the church because of that because worship cannot become priority over preaching and that's part of just one more and our primary earthly responsibility. That's why I was preaching it so hard. I said primary earthly responsibility every single week for like the first two years. Um, and wow. I started saying it again a lot, you know, because w- the one thing I was always taught, and I'm sure you were too, is we were created to worship. 100% true. God created us for fellowship with us. He created us to worship him. And so that makes us think like, we're going to worship. We're, we're not going to preach today. We're just going to worship the whole time. Right. Except what's the one thing that will, that we, you know, that we won't do in heaven that we'll do now. That's bring souls to heaven. Right. And so we're always going to worship. We're going to worship him in heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. We're going to be singing right. and worshiping him, but that's not all we're going to do. There'll be a new earth. There'll be a new economy. Right. There'll be new, uh, you know, there's a lot more to our future than just, singing um but there this is our only time to bring people to heaven this is our only time and so god wants us to worship him but he does not want us to take away the preaching of the gospel because if we take away the preaching of the gospel then we then the enemy's one right he's one like ursula he's stolen our voice little mermaid for you and right. um, that is powerful because we I've been in churches where that is more hey yeah let's do that and now as you mentioned in Romans people needs to be songs don't save people uh, from going to hell you know but the preaching of the gospel does uh, songs will yeah. change songs will get people closer to God but the real transformation happens when you when you listen to the word of God so that's a two different two different experiences you know like listening will make you feel oh man compassion like crying yeah those lyrics you know uh, all that but you know when we think about like, yeah, sin sin enslaves us, but man, God, Jesus died on the cross for us. He paid that price for us. That should that is what really changes in your heart. That real transformation. And yeah, and I push back. I think some people would push back on that. Like, no, 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 music. I feel close to God with music. No, music changes me. Music saves me. And I there's a a saying in our in American culture, they would say it was a religious experience. Like you'd be like, how is that new restaurant? I'd be like, Oh, it was a religious experience. Like say that it was really good. Well, music, you can listen to Christian music and worship music and have a religious experience. Right. But never, never experience, but never like follow Jesus. You just feel really good. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of talk about the Taylor Swift concert that was just at Gillette Stadium. All of those people had a religious experience for right. three hours of Taylor Swift and the rain and the memories, and they left out of there with the goosebumps and they had the tears and they had the emotion, and no one walked out of there saved. And right. we can do the same exact thing in a worship set, the same exact thing, and and what people have to know like that that teenager laughing during worship night hey why are you laughing i just feel really good right now what my kids could have said is yeah isn't the band awesome yeah i love worship night yeah it's such a special atmosphere yeah but they didn't right because that's not what it was all about what they said to him right away was that's god Mm. that's god speaking to you right and yeah i just think there's so many little things that we just always get sidetracked on or or sucked in and 
become a false doctrine or just a sideways doctrine. Right. Mm. That pull us away. That's so good. Stephen, have you ever seen Hacksaw Ridge before? No, it was it was funny because last week I met with one person and he was talking about the movie, the same movie. And I was like, oh, I need to watch this because I love like the war uh, and uh, soldiers and stuff like that. So when you were preaching and when the movie clip played, he's looking at me, he's like, this is what I was talking about. I was like, oh man, yeah. Uh, so I think I'm going to watch it. I've never watched that movie. Yeah, it, it what used to be, I mean, I've made the staff watch it before. It must have been like right before you came. What year did you start here? Was it 2020? 19. 2019. So I feel in my memory, it was like 2018. We had watched it all together. Uh, uh -huh. Which would have been probably right two years after it came out. I, and I realized I never made like my, a couple of my kid, my older boys. I never watched it with them. So I own it. Now we got to watch it together. But yeah, it's just, you know, not just that scene, right? But, it, but him being a Christian and all of the torment and trauma he went through right to hold to his convictions well, what was the movie's name hicks hicksaw what was hacksaw. it hacksaw yeah that was the the nickname for that that place of battle that they went yeah it was just a powerful movie and it, you know when i saw that in the theater i didn't know it was a story about a christian guy so i'm sitting in the theater like connecting all these dots and then right. it just gets to that place and God just wrecks me, mm. just wrecks me. It, you, you know, don't, don't give up, Nate. Don't stop preaching, Nate. Don't, don't quit the ministry, Nate. It, yeah. There'll be some casualties. Some people will be lost, but rescue whoever you can rescue whoever will let you. And, uh, something that happened in the movie that um they showed but they didn't talk about but really happened is he rescued some japanese guys too oh, if, wow. if you rewatch the clip you'll notice it like at least one of the people that they let down they showed it like he he rescued a couple of japanese guys uh oh. I, wish, I, I don't know if they killed him as soon as they got down the end of the road like, what are you doing <laughs> down here I, I have no idea <laughs> but he was rescuing anybody he could oh wow and I think too, like I didn't talk about that because it didn't fit in our, our thing, but there are people that hate us. that want to kill us, hate us as Christianity, hate us as Christians. And still our heart should be to rescue them. They're not enemies of our enemy. I mean, right. they're not our enemies. They're victims of our enemy. Help us to love them, have compassion for them and to keep trying to be a light, a light to them. That's one of the reasons again, like our sober living home, you're doing it for the community uh like i just i'm blessed to be part of that you know just because mob bringing we talk about it yeah we should care but i'm you know i've never seen you know in action you know yeah you can you can give ten dollars to a homeless guy and celebrate that yeah that that will take care of whatever maybe one day or, you know, you don't know where that goes, but like something like a sober house, hey, we want to change your eternity. That's why we do this. It's not just for a period, it's not just for today, giving a house to live, but your soul matters to us. You know, so I like that. I like that, that we put action to it. It's not like just preaching up on stage, but we also do it while we while we speak yeah well steven uh we get to the other end of our time here any you, anything else you want to say any recommendations any final thoughts on on the no, subject I mean, I on the great people, people who hasn't watched the movie to go watch it <laughs> It is have, I mean, it is a war movie. It is rated R. There's curse words. I'm pretty sure there's nudity in it. So I'm not, I'm not going to make that recommendation. <laughs> Skip through all the clips. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you uh, can bid angel it. I'm not sure. 
but yeah, uh, I would say this. Yes. Uh, recommendation will be, Hey, be part of something, uh, someone else's eternity life. So the, right now you and me, we have an opportunity, but we are working on the sober living house and we are planning to open it, uh, July for sweet. Am I right? Past Nate? It, it, it'll take a lot for us to get there, but that's still what we're aiming at. Uh, so, but there is registry open uh, uh, that you can purchase some stuff for the sober living house and make that the most best sober living in the town. And people should people should talk about it, not just the church yeah. people, but the town, uh, the nearby towns. They should talk about it. So it's an open opportunity that we can change somebody else's destiny through. Yeah. Love books. One is a book by Greg Gilbert. It's um, titled, What is the Gospel? So it's a deeper study in that. Uh, it's a lot more than nine words. Um, there's that. That's a recommendation. I've read that before. That's written. He, there, it's from a Baptist organization. Um, but, but still important for us to know that good news. And right. then study that and know where, where it's all found in scripture and all the nuances to that. Another book is by Tim Keller and a famous pastor who just passed away last week. Uh, but he wrote a book and did a Bible study series called Gospel in Life. So, you know, how do you bring the good news of Jesus into your life, into your workplace, into your family? Into So Gospel in Life, that was a good one. Um, and I'm pretty sure... If you still have a right now media account, that he does have the teaching series in that, uh, so you can watch the video, watch the videos with that, and do that as a personal study this summer. So yeah, two big recommendations, and um, you know, let's all uh, just keep praying that we've got someone to share the gospel with, people to yeah. invite to church, let God use us, and um, what a bunch of great testimonies over the weekend. Yeah, and definitely for sure. God's not that he wants to do something today. Amen. Amen, sir. All right, Pastor Stephen, thanks for hanging. Thank you so much. It was fun. Everybody on the podcast, thanks for listening. And we'll see you all on Sunday. I'm really excited about our, our sermon on Sunday. Another teaching. We're going to, you know, we've got all the... Uh, why, why do we disciple the way we disciple? And why are we doing the classes we're doing? I think it's going to be eye-opening, even for staff. There's no like, oh, we're deliberate. <laughs> we're deliberate about what we're doing. I think <laughs> I think everybody's going to be surprised. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, another good week ahead. Thank All you. Right. Absolutely. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>